Last thing I remember is hearing a number of gunshots from all around before losing my senses. Hi and welcome back to SYWK podcast. Sorry guys, I was on a short break, but now I'm back with an episode which I bet you won't be able to listen till the end. I'll be narrating a horrifying story from a book called Possessed and the Other Tales from the Dark. It is written by one of my favorite authors, Mr. Abhishek Kumar Singh. The book has a couple of scary and disturbing horror stories which I'm sure if you are a horror fan you're going to love it. But trust me, not everyone can read this book. Personally, I got scared when I was reading it. Gaan phat gaya re mera. If you enjoy my narration and the story support my work by liking sharing and subscribing to my channel and also support the author go buy the book trust me it's going to be an amazing read the link is in my description now without wasting any time plug in your headphones and enjoy Twenty-five years have passed since I saved myself and returned from my village. I knew that it was only my grandfather's sheer willpower and his love for me that had brought me alive here. And then, I got the letter. The heavy envelope was hand-delivered by a constable from a local police station. It was from a retired superintendent of police. He was last posted in a metropolitan city located quite far away from the town I lived in. With lots of apprehension, I opened the letter and started reading. Dear Ashutosh, I'm writing this letter as a last resort to solve the problems which have come up within the last 6 months. It's now more personal than ever. That's why Instead of approaching you officially, I felt a personal request would be a better approach. To make you understand the whole situation, I will start writing the events from the very beginning in chronological order. About a year ago, I was promoted as a superintendent of police and given charge of the city. I booked the earliest possible flight and joined my new office. Everything went on well for a while and then about 6 months ago I came across a baffling case. For the first time in my career I had come across a psychopathic killer. A young girl was found dead in a under construction building. It was a day of a festival and the work had been suspended for the day. Her dead body was found by a local rag picker. The body was rigid and stiff. like a curved metallic wire it scared him to his wits end it took some time for him to understand the whole scenario somehow he contacted the local police the police immediately reached the crime scene and started the investigation but no matter how much they tried they could not straighten the dead body the police was unsuccessful in getting any clues regarding the case After another month a similar kind of case appeared in the forest reserve on the outskirts of the city another young girl was found dead in the same way 
the modus operandi was the same. This time, the girl was found under a banyan tree. One after another, four more such cases were reported in the next four months. I started studying all the necessary documents related to the cases. I somehow felt that they were very diverse and cleverly planned crimes. The post-mortem reports revealed a new aspect. Though the victims were young girls, surprisingly, no sexual assault had been perpetrated on them. They were not the usual cases of rape and murder. Cause of death in all the cases had been excessive loss of blood. But surprisingly, no severe wound had been found on their bodies. A close inspection of the photographs of the dead bodies bewildered me more. I noticed that all the bodies were found in exactly the same state. They all were found cuddled up, as if they were inside their mother's womb. The eyes of the girls were open even after their death, and they did not have any expression on their faces. It seemed that they were completely unaware of what was happening with them. I felt that they were under the influence of some heavy drugs at the time of their deaths. I left the post-mortem reports and concentrated on the background of the girls. I could not find anything common in between them. All of them belonged to different parts of the city and were not linked to each other. I personally felt that these girls simply ran into bad luck and had come across an intelligent psychopathic killer who killed only to gain some sadistic pleasure. And then suddenly a new problem came up to add to our problems. It started as a small, insignificant incident, but slowly it compounded itself and made us lose our sleep. A young couple complained of their baby getting stolen from one of the hospitals in the suburbs. In the beginning, we took it as a normal case, but slowly we realized that the things were not so simple. Within the next 30 days, we got another five such cases from five different hospitals. I decided to take both of these cases in my hands and I started studying the case files very meticulously. I felt that the case of stolen babies would be easier to solve as it was not possible for a single person to handle so many babies together. My experience in the police force had taught me that more the number of people involved in the crime, lesser are the chance of it remaining a secret. There had to be a leakage. I had a strong feeling that somebody from the hospital was surely involved. I visited all the hospitals one by one and met the staff again. Nothing new came to light. And then I met the mother of one of the children who was stolen. She added something which was completely new for us. It was not mentioned in her prior statement. She mentioned that she had seen a silhouette on the terrace of the hospital a few hours prior to her delivery. On prodding, she added that she had seen the dark shadow on the terrace of the opposite wing of the hospital through her cabin window. It was at about 8.30pm and she had got the first sensation of delivery pain just after seeing it. On asking why she had not mentioned it earlier, she told us that the silhouette seemed to be of a black stallion. Luckily, a closed circuit camera was installed on one of the walls of the hospital. 
which covered the entire terrace on the opposite wing. Expecting a breakthrough, I scanned every second of the film footage, but I did not see anything like what she had mentioned in her statement. I discard this information as I felt that it was just one of the hallucinatory effect which women have in the final hours of pregnancy. I was taken by utter surprise when I casually asked one of the other victims about any unnatural thing which she had seen on the day of her delivery. With lots of uneasiness, she mentioned seeing a black horse in the lawn of the hospital about 2 hours before her delivery. She further mentioned that her labor pain had started only after seeing the horse staring into her eyes in the dark of the night. I called out all the other victims to the police station and asked them about the night of their delivery. One by one, all of them mentioned that they had seen a black stallion sometime during that night. I was completely lost. I could not comprehend that how each one of them had the same hallucination just hours before their delivery. For the first time, I felt that there was much more to the case than what it seemed to be. On the other side, something equally surprising came up. One of my subordinates had met the family members of the murdered girl whose dead body had been found in the jungle. He was informed that the dead body had not burned during cremation and had to be buried. A little bit of further questioning had revealed that apart from the hair, nothing else had burned on the funeral prey. Even after two hours of burning, the body had remained coiled. The only visible change was that the skin of the deceased had become reddish-white and her open eyes had melted and flown out of their sockets. Showing his overzealousness, he had contacted the family members of all the other girls who had died that way. Everywhere, he was told the same thing. In none of the cases had the body of the victim burnt. They all had been buried at different places. He showed me a picture of the dead body which he had got from one of the onlookers during the cremation. As I was looking at the picture, my subordinate casually said that the body looked like that of an overgrown baby sleeping in her mother's womb. The word baby somehow connected the cases in my mind and I got a strong hunch that both the cases were connected. I ordered exhumations of these bodies so that they could be subjected to further investigation. Three days later, when I entered my office, another big surprise was waiting for me on my table. It was a report from my subordinate. The graves in which those bodies were buried were found to be empty. Sometime earlier, somebody had dug the graves and escaped with those dead bodies. For the first time, I felt scared. Clearly, it was much more sinister than I had perceived. By this time, I had started getting depressed. Six months had got over since the dead body of the first girl was found in the under construction building, and not even a single clue was in our hands. About four months were over since the first girl was stolen and we had not got a single breakthrough. Everywhere it was a dead end. Not a single living soul came forward and reported that he had seen or heard anything related to the case. 
the closed circuit camera had proved themselves to be equally useless. I started going through the case files again, and then suddenly I noticed something uncanny. A common name was mentioned in four of the 19 case files which I had on my table. This name was of a small and remote village from the eastern part of the country. It was listed as the permanent address of one of the girls who had died mysteriously and the fathers of three of the babies who had been stolen. With nothing else to move on, I decided to move ahead with my instincts. I googled the name of the village on my mobile. The name was listed in the book of records. The book mentioned the village has a settlement of about 25 houses which existed till the late night of 19 March 1993. On that eventful night, a very small earthquake with its epicenter in the village itself raised all the houses to the ground. The whole village in about 5 acres of land located on the banks of a seasonal river was deleted forever from the map of the country surprisingly no construction could come up on that land again now that area is covered with high trees and dense foliage a new town has come up very near to it on the other side of the river which separates the doom area besides it this bit of news surprised me further I decided to inquire from the relatives of other victims. One by one, all of them considered having some relation with the unfortunate village. They all had direct or indirect links with the village. I decided to visit the place. 2 days later, I got down from the train in the town which had come up near the village. I was a bit skeptical about the whole idea of coming down to this place. A number of times I felt like I was on a wild goose chase and should have returned midway. I had not informed the local administration about my visit as my hunch had no concrete base and there were chances of getting ridiculed in front of my colleagues. I decided to see the exact location of the unfortunate incident. I booked an auto rickshaw and headed to the area. By the time I reached there the driver had told me innumerable stories related to the crew he dropped me with a word of caution and advised me seriously against crossing the river after dark there were dangerous beast on the other side in particular there was a pack of hyenas which used to come out in the night and attack anybody in the vicinity of the shrubs and the trees i don't know what the reasons were i did not take his suggestion seriously I had my service revolver clutched to my underarm. I was feeling confident and daring. I got down from the auto rickshaw at the point just beside the bridge. It was about to get dark and I did not see anybody around. Not knowing what to do, I instructed the driver to wait for about half an hour and then drop me back. He was reluctant, but on telling him that I was a police officer, unwillingly he consented. He did not want to stop and wait there. so he promised to return in about half an hour's time and pick me up from the same place within a few minutes i was left alone at that place there was nothing much to see on this side so i decided to cross the bridge and go to the other side precariously i started walking on the makeshift rope bridge the wooden planks below my feet swayed and made a creaking sound as i moved ahead 
whether it was a coincidence or some perfectly timed incident i don't know but the moment i kept my foot on the other side i heard a loud wail of a hyena coming from somewhere deep inside the jungle in front of me i felt the sky suddenly getting darker and an eerie silence engulfing every sound in the vicinity it was already dark and i did not find any suitable reason to stay further there i turned back to retrace my steps to the other side of the bridge suddenly i saw something gleaming from the corner of my eyes i turned around in the direction to have a better look the thing which had caught my attention was fallen on the ground very near to the closest thicket it was a small metal piece shining brightly in the moonlight as i walked closer to the gleaming object my instinct warned me of an impending danger i bent down and picked the small piece in my hands it was a small metallic tag on which a number was written with some letters below it i tried to read the written content it was a name of a hospital with a bed number engraved on it the hospital was one of the hospitals from where the babies were stolen in the city to which i belonged a sense of fear came in my mind i was unable to understand that how the bed tag had reached to this place which was hundreds of miles distance from the hospital suddenly i felt that i heard a small growling sound behind me i turned back i was not ready for the scene which awaited me i saw that i was surrounded by a pack of about 6 ferocious looking hyenas as i raised my revolver to shoot the one right in front of me jumped and was about to hold my neck and then i heard a gunshot and saw it changing its direction in mid air i pressed the trigger of my revolver and the bullet hit the next one jumping on me it was a direct hit and i saw a gush of dark gluey liquid coming out from its forehead it fell down dead with a big thug on the ground suddenly the other hyenas were all over me tearing my body parts ruthlessly last thing i remember is hearing a number of gunshots from all around before losing my senses a big rumbling sound brought me back to my senses a police constable was sleeping on a chair and was snoring loudly The sound of his snores had brought my consciousness back. The dim light of the night bulb clearly showed me the surroundings. I found myself lying on a hospital bed. I tried to look at myself. The body below my shoulders was covered with a white sheet. My limbs seemed to be heavy and even after number of attempts I could not move them. An immense escalating pain prevented me from making any sound. I kept my eyes open waiting for some medical staff to come and notice. I don't know when I went back into a deep slumber. Suddenly, I felt somebody bending over me and whispering something in my ears. I opened my eyes. It was dark and nobody was around. The room was empty. I thought that the police constable snoring on the chair probably had gone out to relieve himself. I closed my eyes. This time I clearly saw a hooded face and heard a distant voice. Get him. I opened my eyes again. The room was still empty and then I saw it. A tall, magnificent black stallion with long flowing manes was standing just outside the window of the room and was looking directly in my eyes. 
its eyes were shining like marbles and i could notice drops of some dark gluey liquid oozing out through the corner of its eyes i tried to shout my voice got muffled inside my throat suddenly i saw a dark silhouette on my chest the hooded face bent and came very near to my eyes apart from two empty sockets of his eyes i could not see anything else astonishingly i did not feel his weight he repeated his words which were get him i felt that they were coming out from somewhere deep inside a long tunnel and then his weight started increasing i started feeling an enormous pain rising in my chest one of my ribs gave in and i heard its cracking sound i opened my mouth something from inside me was rushing out i felt my life being sucked out unexpectedly someone switched the room light on the silhouette dissolved in the thin air and my life rushed in my body again the constable shouted and minutes later two doctors rushed in gasping for air i tried to speak but still no words came out i saw one of them preparing an injection and pulling the bedsheet down below my shoulders i was not ready for the sight the region above my right elbow was bandaged it was evident that most of the flesh and the muscle from the region had been torn apart by the sharp canine of a hyena and the bones had been pulled out i fainted i regained my senses the next morning what i came to know was that i had gained my senses after 7 days of the incident the doctors had been trying very hard to save my life they had lost all hope but somehow i survived luckily i had dropped my wallet after paying the auto rickshaw fare the driver had returned after about 15 minutes and had seen it lying on the ground he had picked it up and had found my identity card inside noticing my designation as a superintendent of police he rushed to the nearest police station informing the local police about my arrival he told them about him dropping me beside the river bank the police correctly guessed that i would have crossed the river and would have ventured to the other side for reasons unknown to them being local they had already witnessed a number of cases of hyena attacks and were also aware that the area was believed to be jinxed they rushed back and luckily reached the spot a few moments before the hyenas attacked me it was one of the police constable who had seen the first hyena jump on me and had shot the first round in a bid to save me they had showered bullets and had successfully scared them away unluckily none of them were mortally wounded and all of them had managed to escape in the jungle again i got puzzled all the more i remembered my shot which had directly hit one of them and the dark gluey liquid gushing out from its forehead and then i remembered the dark gluey liquid oozing out from the corners of the eyes of the black stallion i understood it all the curved dead bodies of the girls the stolen babies from the hospitals the stolen dead bodies from the graves the jinx groove the finding of the metallic hospital tag the sight of the black stallion on numerous occasions the attack of hyenas and the scariest of them all the message from the hooded face were not separate incidents but were links of a common chain bound to the history of the unfortunate village which had succumbed completely to some sinister force on the night of 19th march 1993 i understood that it was not a mere police case it was something far beyond the understanding of the police force for the first time in my life i felt scared 
I decided to leave the place along with my family as soon as possible. But before leaving the place, I asked for any case files related to the village from the year 1993. The local police came up with the photocopy of a file from their recorded room. I asked one of my subordinates to brief me about the case. It was the only case ever to be registered in the history of the village. It was related to the sudden disappearance of an old man aged about 90 years. The case was registered by a man who was a resident of the village on the 14th of March 1993. It was noted that the old man had only one living kin and that was his grandson. The relation between the grandfather and grandson was strained. The grandson had left the village at a very early age and had never visited the place since. Upon investigation, the address of the grandson, who was now an employee of the Indian Railways, was successfully retrieved. He was contacted by a telegram, but it was returned undelivered. It seemed that he had already got the news of his grandfather's disappearance and he had left his quarters to reach the village. But surprisingly, after reaching, he never contacted the local police. The police doubted that he had also lost his life on that ominous night. The case was closed without any substantial findings. As I permanently crippled for life, it's now impossible for me to investigate the events further. But the quest for truth should never be abandoned. So I decided to probe the matter ahead and requested the Indian Railways to provide any information about you. My happiness knew no bounds when I came to know that you had survived the catastrophe and had continued in your service even after the incident. So with lots of hope, I request you to at least meet me once and tell me about the happenings of the night of March 19th, 1993. I very well know that now the case needs divine intervention and it is beyond the understanding of common men like you and me. Hoping affirmation, Kunal Tiwari, retired superintendent of police. I folded the 12-page letter and pushed it inside the envelope. I was shocked to know that the past had raised its head again. I understood that the matter had worsened in the last 25 years and now it was a much stronger evil than ever before. I did not want to get embroiled in the matter, but the message was clear. Kunal's letter had made one thing clear. The story was not yet over. Of all the people I knew very well that I was the sole reason for the death of so many. I was the person who was wanted by the hooded face. The message get him was for me. As sooner or later the evil power was bound to reach me. After all, I was snatched away from its clutches twice. It was once about 50 years ago and then again on the ominous night of 19th March 1993. And now it was coming back with a vengeance. I decided to take it head on. It was now or never. I started packing my bags. to meet my destiny Oh my god how did you like this story want to know what happened next you need to go and buy the book i would like to thank mr abhishek kumar singh for writing such an amazing book and also for giving me permission to narrate his stories to whoever is listening you guys need to show some support to mr abhishek kumar singh go message him on facebook and instagram tell him how did you like the story if you have read the book 
message him if you have heard this episode message him i have left all his social media handles in the description thank you once again for listening and see you in my next episode